Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They teased no, they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweep. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk the talk and not walk the walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Brandon gets the curve and lines into the center field. A base hit in his counter. Here's Jankowski. He scores and the Mets have tied it. What a rally. And Starling unloads one deep left center. Back to the warning track goes Herrera near the wall. It's off the base. Here's Nimmo around third. He'll come in to score and the Mets take the lead. Unbelievable. And Alonzo Rockets one to deep left field. Headed toward the wall. It's out of here. Pete Alonzo christens game two with a two-run homer. And Alonzo attacks one and hits one out of sight. Oh, man, Pete got a hold of one to the back of the lower deck for a three-run shot. Second of the game for Alonzo. He's driven it all five, and the Mets lead it five to one. Let's go, Mets. Hell yeah. Ooh. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Nelson Figueroa. And on the ones and twos, Andrew Hartz. That montage you heard, courtesy of SNY TV. You heard Pete Alonzo say, let's go, Mets. Happy Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day, Figgy, to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to my mom, Mama Brown. Happy Mother's Day, Mama Figueroa. A lot of Brooklyn products. Both your parents are from Brooklyn, right? Mm, Yep. They're born and raised in uh, East New York. East New York. My mom from Sheepshead Bay. So shout out to the BK and shout out to the NYM. Because the New York Mets are 20 and 10. Entering Monday, the first team with 20 wins. I know Monday, and when everyone hears this, there may be a couple other teams at 20 wins, but the Mets are off Monday, so those teams don't matter. <laughs> the Mets have the biggest lead of any team, any division, six games of the NLEs, Figgy, two or three in Philly. They are now a hockey record for you. 8-0-1 oh, in series this year. A shootout loss, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, splitting with the Braves last week, but a hell of a week in Mets land, Figgy. It really began, I mean, obviously they split in with the Braves, but Thursday's comeback. You know, they say no cheering in the press box. I was in a weird spot. I was in the press box. Everyone went down to get coaches quotes i am cheering in the press box but not for the rangers because the game was over they won i see the mets so it's like seven three ninth inning runners on maybe this thing's getting interesting let me put on my phone they tie it they take the lead you heard the highlight 
and I'm up there cheering. The It's a weird view. An empty Madison Square Garden. One overweight man up in this Chase Bridge <laughs> watching a game on a small little phone. I mean, that comeback is just significant because it's a telling sign of this team, another chapter of this team. When they're down and out, like this towel behind me says there's no quit in New York, we never think we're down and out. Now, that's a Rangers towel, but... That's a good sign for this Mets team, Figgy. 7-1, come back, win 8-7, you can't beat it. No, they didn't beat it. They wound up beating the Phillies again. And the Phillies bullpen, as we have always said, is awful. awful. They go out and they spend more money on hitters and putting more bats in that lineup, and they don't fortify that bullpen. Who knows why they think that's a recipe for success. It seems to be a recipe for disaster, and the Mets took full advantage of it, and even against their closer, Knable. And I know they have Sir Domingo, Anthony, whatever his name is. There's nobody that's proven there, and, and it seems like every chance the Mets get, that's what happens. The starter comes out, and they beat up on that bullpen. That was epic proportions, that comeback, because um, you're sitting there just thinking, all right, Lindor hits a home run, and it was just as far as Bryce Harper's was, by the way. Bryce Harper hit a major bomb earlier in the game with there. Lindor hits that home run. You hope that's something that's going to you know get him ignited and get him going, and then he's in the dugout. All of a sudden, it's starting to piece itself together, and that's what the rallies are like where – Nobody wants to make the last out. That's the rally cry. Nobody makes the last out. Let's keep going. Keep piling on. Keep finding a way. And then you get the guy with the nasty curveball going up against Nimmo. And Nimmo simplifies his swing and just spreads his legs wider, keeps a nice base. And when the ball comes in and it has not enough break downward, boom. Puts it right back up the middle. Doesn't try and pull it into the sta- into the stands for a home run. No. He hits a base hit right where it's pitched. They wind up tying the game there. And then they take the lead on Marte's third hit of the game. Just a fantastic win for the Mets. Um, and it just it tells you this team has that never-say-die attitude. And that's great to see because that's a game you could have easily have thrown away and said, ah, we'll get them tomorrow. But they didn't do that. And what that does is gives them fire for the rest of the season when they're in those situations again. Well, in that case, they say, we'll get them Sunday because it was two days without games. Mother Nature was not kind, and now Mother Nature is coming together with 70-degree weeks. Get your allergy medication. I mean, I was already blowing my nose nonstop sneezing today. But, yeah, that was special, man. And, you know, it reminded me of the 8-1 bottom of the eighth comeback in 2000 on fireworks night, June 30th. Again, one of those situations you remember that, but you don't remember what you had for lunch yesterday. (laughs) You remember that. And that was with two outs, but that was eighth inning. This was ninth. It was the biggest since 97 against the Expos. How about that? That, That's, you know, before I was even a fan, a true fan of this team, the Mets did that. So that's a a comeback of epic proportions. and, you know, it was kind of a buzzkill that the next two days they didn't play. But how about the NBC Sports Philly? And this is karma coming back at you when they tweet, thank you for your service, Lindor. And then he homers and starts the comeback. And thank you for your service, Philly's bullpen. Because mm-hmm. uh, minus Familia, who hasn't killed us yet. We'll see if later in the <laughs> season he comes back to bite us. But he hasn't yet. That was special. And then two days off. And then we get, you know, a buy one, get one for Mother's Day. And, you know, Max Scherzer wasn't on. The offense also didn't really help him by only scoring two runs. And mm-hmm. really, Lindor, that's a homer any other day. The win was just insane. Yeah. Pete Alonso's homer in game two still hasn't landed. I said I tweeted it was in Lancaster. Went to the if there's no win, that's a five hundred feet at least. It was four twenty six. But listen, Scherzer's first time a team's loss with Scherzer starting in twenty five starts. It was twenty four starts, no losses, May of last year. Think about it. A year where every time this guy went out, the team won. He won fifteen straight decisions. Obviously that was nationals, then Dodgers when he got traded, and now the Mets and he just didn't have it, Figgy. Like he he came together. He ended up giving up 10 hits, which for him is insane. 
but he got a quality start, and he's not going to have it every five days. The offense is going to have to support him. He got DeGrom-like support on Sunday. But you're going to have days where he's not perfect, and if he's not perfect and still throwing quality starts, you're going to take it. Oh, without a doubt. And what's really funny is that, you know, the nerds doing all the analytics, and I read something where, you know, in the last 30 years of a guy throwing six innings and giving up 10 hits and the hits weren't the exit velocity of said hits. So he had a lot of cheap hits. There wasn't a lot of hard contact. There was maybe two hard hit balls, including Bryce Harper's, which was very hard hit. And he missed a spot on a 2-0 fastball. And, and that sure is his downfall is wanting to challenge people. He's old school that way. He'd rather challenge them, you know, to, to hit his best pitch than to walk them, you know, trying to pitch around them. The game has changed where analytically 2-0 is not a time to challenge Bryce Harper with a fastball. You probably throw him a slider in that situation, see if he swings over the top. But he tried to put a fastball up and away. It stayed more middle of the plate, and Bryce Harper didn't miss it. He doesn't get those opportunities very often against a Max Scherzer, so he took full advantage of it. And he, no, they're former teammates, so he knows him well, and it seems he to knows be hitting he's him well. No, he's, didn't he hit two? He hit two the Sunday night game. Yes. I was there, so, I two. so he's got three in a week against him. Yeah, so he, he really he understands what makes Scherzer tick and that's one of the downfalls is that we knew that on the other side when he was facing a guy like Pete Alonso if he struck him out you know with a breaking ball the first time he wasn't going to keep going to that breaking ball he's going to try and then challenge him with a fastball and Pete made the adjustment in his very first season where he struck out against Max Scherzer and then he hit a home run against him the next time. Am I worried about Max Scherzer? Not in any way, shape, or form. Again, you're talking about a, a, a one of those all-time streaks, you know, 24 starts where the team has won every time he pitches. And if you think wins aren't important to know when you're going out the night before, before you go to bed, hey, who's pitching tomorrow? Oh, yeah, Scherzer. You know you have a chance to win a ball game before you even go to the ballpark. Mm -hmm. That's a tremendous feeling. And just to think you can have that with McGill you can have that with Jacob DeGrom when he comes back and all we have to do is hold up our end of the bargain you know put balls in play which is what they're doing they're not killing the ball they're not hitting tons of home runs you know they're hitting some home runs in bunches where a guy like Pete Alonso is supposed to but for the most part this is a lineup with the depth where a Mark Canna is down in the seven hole batting over 300 and driving in runs and put you know moving guys over doing the little things that make this team so exciting because it's not been just a home run barrage. Guys, you know, just swinging for the fences. They're striking out less. They're putting the ball in play more. And the focus on that was just a year ago, as they're doing, they're going through the 100 games of first place, there was just so many things wrong with this team. And you were like, how are they still in first place? Because everybody else sucked so bad. Mm -hmm. And you knew it was just an amount of time before somebody made a move or a team got hot and then they were going to be challenged. And then when the Mets went to play, the West Coast, that's where everything changed, right? So this team, though, feels different because they find ways to win ball games. Uh, whether it's pitching, it's defense, it's running bases. You know, Starling Marte, you know, might have a terrible game, you know, with the bat, but if he gets on, he's always a threat to steal second, steal third, or score on a hit from first base. They didn't have that before. And so to have two guys like that with Brandon Nimmo, you know, he's taken his game to another level. And the challenge was issued to him when they signed a Starling Marte that if they wanted to sign back Conforto, well, odd man out was probably going to be Nimmo. And so he took that challenge very serious, and he's, you know, developed his game very nicely all the way around. He's playing tremendous defense, and he's also offensively, he's been swinging the bat a lot better. And listen, half the lineup still isn't performing, and they're still winning games. And yes, you could say the rest of the division has been garbage with the Braves in second at 14, 16, and six games out. But the Mets have also just outplayed teams, and they're playing great baseball, like you said. And Max Scherzer did not win, but he also did not make any excuses. And, and this is the kind of the feel 
of the different kind of nature of this Mets team led by Buck Showalter, a guy who doesn't make excuses. Let's hear what Scherzer had to say after the game exactly about not making excuses. You, you got to be able to adapt to anything. Uh, this is baseball. Anything can happen. And, you know, here we go. Boom, two rainouts, and you got to be able to adapt to it and go out there and compete and win. So uh, conditions, all that, like, uh, I just will not make an excuse for anything. My job is to go out there and compete and win uh, under any, any circumstances, any conditions. He's such a breath of fresh air to listen to when he says that, Figgy, because, listen, I'm going to make the excuse. It was cold out there. It was a game. I wasn't there. I didn't make the trip to Philly. Thank God, because you would have been Friday and Saturday. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> You're going to the Borgata, essentially, for Friday and Saturday and hitting the blackjack table and then come back to Philly on Sunday. There's only so many cheesesteaks you could have going to Philly. What else? You're going to see the uh, the statue. You're going to go Rocky, the stairs, the Rocky stairs, and then you're done. I mean, <laughs> any other I mean, local museums to go to that close during business hours? Um, I don't know if I want to see the nightlife in, in Philly. I don't know. the uh, There's more than foul poles in Philly. Uh, for the nightlife. <laughs> Not that I would know. I've never been to the nightlife. I've been to Philly. I do like their sector the, of the, the three stadiums, yeah. but outside of there, it gets a little shaky. Anyways, Max Scherzer, back, back to the back to your regularly scheduled program here. You love to hear that. And, you know, with, with the cold, it is hard to grip balls. You, you know, you can't pause. do you, – Pause. Pause. It's hard to grip those balls, you know. It's hard to grip one ball, let alone two. Um, God. <laughs> but for, for real, though, like you saw pitchers licking oh, their. Oh, there God. we go. Just, I, I'm, I'm just down. Right, I'll take it from. Path. I'll take it. But from there, here. you saw them licking their hands. They're licking away. There's a lot of licking going on, and they're trying to put a grip on these balls, and they cannot do it. So, <laughs> so like when the weather gets warmer, you're gonna see him get better. Because listen, this wasn't his first not rocky bad, start, but it's not bad. It's not a bad start. It's still. It's not yeah, but for Scherzer's can, standards, we can't expect him, especially when it's 40 to 50 degrees, to have a shutout every five days. He's going to have starts where he gives up three uh, runs. Listen, three runs and... and Save you know, me, please. A, avoiding, <laughs> avoiding a hard contact all over the place and, and not letting it steamroll where the game is out of hand. Again, the Mets were two swings away from you know tying the game or taking the lead. That's not something to uh, hang your head over. What I love about him is such a breath of fresh air compared to the days in the past where it would be blamed on mechanics and the weather and this and that. And I two days off, I wasn't as prepared or you know I, I, I didn't know what to do with my extra time. This is a guy who's done everything. He's been through everything. He's seen everything. And what he will not do is make an excuse. That's what makes him an ace. That's what makes him a generational type pitcher is because for the last 10 years, you know, I, I read an article asking him about what was the key to him, you know, being knock on wood, of course, because he's a Met now. His health, back when he signed with the Nationals, I had been told that it's only an amount of time before this guy blows out. That was a long time ago, bro. And all he has done is led the league in innings pitch, strikeouts, you know, top three in ERA every single year. So... If there's anybody to emulate yourself after uh, of their habits, their work habits, uh, how they train, you know, how they work in their bullpens and their side days, their preparation that it takes to, to execute pitches the way he does. Max Scherzer is the guy to watch. Um, and, and there's no doubt about that. And I think that's a, something that the team, not that they were lacking it, but Jacob DeGrom was just special. It's like me going up to Pedro Martinez and saying, how do you throw 98 and a 78 mile an hour changeup? How do you do that? He did it because he was just built differently. His flexibility in his hands, his fingers, his dexterity, the way he threw the baseball was just different. You're talking about generational talent. Like if you closed your eyes uh, or uh, actually if they did like a silhouette 
of people's mechanics, you can tell who's Pedro. If you have a guy like that in your clubhouse, you got to gravitate towards that. You got to be McGill. You got to be Walker. You got to be Peterson even, even though he's lefty. Hey, what does this guy do? Because I want to learn from him so that I have even a third of his career and a third of his success still makes you an all-star. And you said built different. That's the motto of this Mets team. Mm -hmm. Built different. We're built different. And Max Scherzer really is built different. There was a story out there. Austin Kirby, who grew up with Scherzer and played high school ball with him, uh, his father, Austin's father, Rick Kirby, uh, apparently said uh, Scherzer would run seven miles the day after pitching. Seven miles. He was also the basketball coach. I mean, seven. I have trouble walking to get a bacon, <laughs> egg, and cheese half a mile on a day after drinking. And after day after pitching, this guy is running seven miles. I don't think I've run seven miles since the Bush presidency. I mean, it's been a long time. That is a, it's insane that they have to throw in 100-plus pitches. And, you know, he's not afraid to go back out there and say, Buck, yeah, I'm pitching the sixth. I thought he might have came out even for the seventh, but early in the season there was no real need. We're going to see later in the year when the Mets might need it. Yep. He'll go out there and come for a seventh or an eighth if he's at 104 pitches or whatever it yep. is. There's just no need to do it, especially in that weather, doubleheader. It just didn't make any sense for May 8th. But that's special, Figgy. I mean, when you hear that, like, you know this guy, like we keep saying, is built different. His intensity, uh, and that's uh, the one word you think of when you think of Max Scherzer, the stare, right? The two different colored eyes, and he's just staring Scary. down. He's staring down his own catcher at that point because it's not the, even the hitter that has a chance. He's staring down his catcher to almost will the signs out of him because he doesn't even want to shake his head to say no. No means something negative. That's a doubt in somewhere, right? He's just staring because he wants him to be on the same page. So he doesn't even have to look at him longer than that to know, hey, put down the sign that I want. It's that intensity that he has. And he spoke about that in that same article that his basketball coach was the one who helped instill that intensity in, in him. Because if you think I'm intense as a baseball player, as a pitcher, you should see me playing basketball. Because you can imagine this guy running up and down the court, just being right in somebody's face, trying to play defense as hard as he plays offense. And he pitches that way. He pitches that way with that mentality of he's trying to beat you every single pitch. And until the inning is over, he does not let up. And usually what he's able to do is that focus of doing it one pitch at a time because he can get you out on one pitch. Pitchers, if you could do it 27 pitches and get 27 outs, that's the perfect of perfect games, right? It's almost an impossibility. I don't think it can ever possibly happen. You have to be able to do it and guys not square it up hard enough for it to be hit. But that's the intent that you should have, that every single pitch you throw you can get an out with. And it's not necessarily swing and miss weak contact to keep your pitch count down so that you can go back out in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and even ninth. It's a lost art. It is truly a lost art because we're so enamored with swing and miss stuff that everybody wants to see a strikeout. If it's not a 10-strikeout game, oh, man, this guy didn't really have it today. There was someone, who was it? Uh, Kershaw threw a fantastic game. He only had two strikeouts. And it was like one of his worst games in the history of throwing seven-plus innings of shutout baseball and only having two strikeouts. I tell you what, the other team wouldn't say that. They'll say his stuff was nasty enough to avoid hard contact and got him out again and again. I mean, I wish Scherzer could will some hits out of one of his catchers when he looks at them. He say, "Hey, hey, McCann, <laughs> hit the ball." I mean, he has become a liability. I mean, a double play in a big spot. You almost rather him just bunt when he comes on with runners on because it's a double play waiting to happen. With you McCann. and the bunt. You don't think it's the just, bunt would be a double play? Nah, no, 
Yeah. Uh, we, we need more bunts. Just give me bunts. I mean, we need to get the bunt. You want to talk about analytics. Let's get bunts up. But what we need to get up is Chris Bass's contract because you're going to have to consider a contract extension with this guy. I love Chris Bassett. I think, you know, the quote early in the year about, you know, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to go after guys. The way he's pitched, his brains admitted to the balk, which I thought was one of the worst calls ever. He said after the game it actually was. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was actually his feet more so than his delivery. You have to stop your windup. Mm -hmm. He said it was something with his feet. I don't know if he got Michael Jackson, you know, moonwalking (laughs) on the mound, what was happening there. But he admitted to a balk, which he was honest about it. Yeah, there's there's balk moves that you work on. There's little ways to try and, you know, trick a a runner because if you lift your – the heel that's planted against the rubber, if it lifts up, that's usually lets the hitter know he can go, or the base runner know he can go. Guys that lift that heel up, it's one of those things that if you're staring at it, it's a little tell sign, but it's not supposed to move off the rubber, especially when you're already in the set. The front foot is usually kind of you bend the knee a little quick. If you bend the knee a little quick before you even lift up your foot, they see movement and they kind of will take that first step towards second, and you can pick over and get them. There's a million different ways that guys try to cheat, and it, it's it's something that you work on, but it never really works. And nowadays, with HD and everything else, and it's easier to see, they're focused on it, and they, they were able to catch it, and he admitted to it. Pete Alonzo's home runs are great. Mets win two out of three. Coming up in a bit, we'll talk with Mike Puma about that, and you know the fact that this team is at 20 wins, the camaraderie in the clubhouse, reporters are back in the clubhouse, and Puma will get us inside the clubhouse. We'll also have in a minute my Mets rap. You know I am a rapper, <laughs> a certified G. So about and, um, three blocks away from here, who's there? Hearts, <laughs> fabulous, and Jada Kiss are at the MLB shop. So when we're done with this, we're gonna we're gonna drop some bars on them real quick. Uh, see if uh, see if they want to join the program. Two New York rappers. Uh, so we'll do that in a minute. But coming up this week, Figgy, the Mets are back home over the weekend. But first, three more against the Nationals in D.C. We'll see if they run out of bread again at Nationals Park. And uh, if if you need a straw, make sure you bring it to the game. If you're in D.C. this week, bring a straw, bring a loaf of bread, <laughs> bring a loaf of bread in a bag, and make sure you have food stock because they might run out. Friday will be the series with the Mariners. Saturday, Sunday, George Kirby. I feel like we're playing Super Smash Bros. this week. We got George Kirby. We got the other Kirby we mentioned before. We got Wayne Kirby, the Mets' first base coach. You know, it was the most f- times Kirby has been said ever. Listen, I'm very good at Super Smash Bros. and played with Samus, and Kirby was my backup character. Throws 100 miles an hour, and we'll get Jared Kalenic, one of the worst hitters in baseball, is coming <laughs> to City Field. Finally, the trade that we thought haunted the Mets. Could be a miracle because, again, Diaz, one-run game, he did it for us Thursday. If he blew that after that comeback, you know, fans would be like, oh, the worst trade ever, but he's been electric so far. I, I got I to look up the thesaurus.com. Can, can we find other electric? I mean, he's even – you have time to, like, find other words. You even tweet the word electric on everything. Galvanic, voltaic, electric-powered. Oh, that includes electric. Charged, exciting, dramatic, exhilarating, intoxicating, dynamic, thrilling, stimulating, galvanizing, invigorating, animating. And so, you're still going to go with? I like galvanic, but I can't say it. Galvanic? Okay, first of all, if you say galvanic one more time. Galvanic? Pause. Ga- galvanic. <laughs> Let's- Ga- galvanic? Is it jalvanic? Is it... <laughs> Galvanizing. Galvanic. Yes. Is it galvanic? Getting much closer. Gal- it's not galvanic. Is this the Nelson Figueroa English Academy? <laughs> Welcome. <this> is- <laughs> 
We actually aren't doing the Spanish Academy, so oh we might as well God. do the English Academy. S- SAT prep over Galvanic. here. Galvanic. Galvanic. Vol- voltaic. <laughs> Stop saying Galvanic. Vol- voltaic. I like voltaic. That's another good one. Good God. Um, <laughs> so you'll get uh, <laughs> Kalanic. Kalanic? Kalanic? Oh Kalani? You'll get him and polar bear Pete Alonzo bobblehead. When do we have to double the dosage? On Saturday. Jake Brown has been DFA'd and released. (laughs) Robinson and Cano and Jake Brown will be making music videos. Jay Swizzy and Robbie Cano. uh, Rock Nation has signed me to an exclusive contract. Oh, my God. Polar bear Pete Alonzo bobblehead. We hope to add that to the room. We have added, if you're watching on video, the full show. This is the giveaway. Pretty cool. The T-shirt toss. This is the shirt. So pretty high quality shirt this year. Seven lines involved. Got That's the why. Apple. Will not be a giveaway, but we have added to the, to the room my official bar mitzvah table cutout. This was at my table. If you were lucky enough to go to my bar mitzvah in April twenty fourth, two thousand four, you saw this me putting up a two right where down my nuts down are in an Edgardo Alfonso jersey. You should show this to Fonzie. Be like, look, get your jersey. I actually talked to Fonzie. He said if we needed him as a guest. Don't call him. Um, (laughs) Show him this. He might change his mind. No, no. I think that was one of the reasons why. Not only that, for you to talk about any catchers with that kind of a setup there. Nice catcher's club, though. Are you even on your knees? Well, my arthritic knees at 13 years old were hurting me at the time. (laughs) I mean, I've had bad knees since the test of time. The table of time. He's not even squatting down. Look at my my eyes. They cut it off at the knee, so it looked like he was squatting down. My eyes look like I'm mid-dumped in this picture. Look at my face. I look constipated. I you think I was hair. looking at the sun. I've never seen you with hair. This was a photo shoot. Yes, there's me with hair. There's hair. You have. But is that an Eddie Munster little peak? Here's there? the thing. You can't wear. He you has can, one. You can't wear that hat with hair. I'm now a fitted Don't hat run guy, past the Eddie Munster widow's peak there. Eddie Munster. What is Munster cheese? That's maybe what I ate before this uh, this picture. Yep. My goodness. A widow's well, peak. Well, I had the spiked hair. Well, you see why I got rid of my hair. <laughs> at 13, it was receding. It's been receding <laughs> since I came out the womb. <laughs> This is amazing but true. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, follow us on Twitter. At Amazing But True, at Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy and Why. We're releasing full episodes on YouTube now. So, New York Post Sports YouTube, subscribe. Give us a th- What do they say on these YouTube? Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, thumbs up, and comment. So, looking forward to that Mets Mariners series. And then the Cardinals come to town. Now, we need to be there Monday. You're off. We're agreed. We're going on Monday. Mets Cardinals next week, 7 o'clock. Come say hello. And that's going to be the show. Si- where are you sitting? Oh, well, hopefully, credentials. So, hopefully, we'll be in the press box no cheering i'll just tie my hands behind my back looking forward to seeing kalenic hopefully strikes out every time and those bobbleheads are in high demand apparently saturday is a tough ticket and then sunday take it back to the stoop ball days of bob brown and college point queens mr and mrs Mets sidewalk chalk giveaway hmm. who writes on sidewalks i feel like that's not allowed anymore these days hmm. like did you used to do that when you were a kid Write on sidewalks with chalk no used leaves you wrote with leaves yes really uh-huh is it legible? Uh, yeah, you take a whole handful of leaves and you push it down into the concrete and it, the green rubs off and you can write whatever you want. Wow. That is... There's an old video ratchet, on... This, but this, I like this, it. <laughs> there's an old video on, on YouTube that I did for SNY about... Uh, I used to draw the box on the wall with the leaves and I showed him exactly how I did it. It's like... Interesting. It's, it, it's, it's not as, you know, using the lighter to write your name on the elevator and the projects, but... That's another thing well, you don't know anything this will, about. We'll, we'll have a Figgy's Fables on uh, <laughs> on his street designs with leaves on next week's episode of the program. But before we get to Mike Puma, coming up next, Jay Swizzy drops the 2022 Mets rap. 
probably why he's called no-go. Today he's yes-go. I just thought of that. I hope he's yes-go. Here we go. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Jay Swizzy Uh-oh. is in the building. <clears throat> That's why I brought the shades out. These are Gucci shades. Um, mm, 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 actually, $10 at a, the streets of story. <laughs> um, but I am bringing Chase Wizzy out. Now, once or twice a year, I will bring out my rapping skills. I actually write bars. I have wrote a Mets rap. The comeback on Thursday inspired me to write a song about this team and a rap. The beat, my roommate made it. Trevor, shout out to Trev Bot. Hey, Trev. Trev Bot on the beat. Big Trev. Let me get a sip of water in before we do this. Sure, it's water. Because there's going to be flames coming out of the studio. Get the uh, New York Fire Department ready. Here we go. It's Jay Swizzy. Let's do it. Trev Bot on the beat. Uh. The 2022 New York Mets, the built different. Show Walter run a ship. You spot the difference, so significant. Sure, so that's significance. Bass is so tenacious, starting five, so vociferous. Magnificent McGill, take the hill, big drift. Cookie Carrasco, blueberry chocolate chip. Peterson ain't slipping, came through dripping. Iced out 340 mil, Lindor sipping. Drinking champagne, comeback wins. Eduardo, Guillaume shaved his beard, no more cargo. We fly high to first, Jim Jones, Brandon Nimmo. Karna, Makana. Conan, Nito, Black Jersey Friday, Noir's Pino, from New York City, sipping wine out of Vino, T-Will, J-Rod, D-Smith, C-Shreve, this team is for real, you gotta believe, ask Jeeves, call 877-JD-Davis, Dom Smith, fan favorite, not traded, Sterling like Starling, gold is his glove, DeGrom coming back, we gotta show him love, Cy Young's atop the rotation, shout out Mets Nation, we've been so patient, NL East leads so spacious, Mad Max is the leader, Speaker, talker, it's our time. Hublot, Lugo, Walker, lion squirrels, and polar bears, oh my. Utility guy, Jeff McNeil stays fly. Defying the odds, we love Pete Alonzo. Home runs like Yabos, he just hit one a Cabo. Trumpets blaring, closing games, Edwin Diaz. 14 Billy, the kind of money Uncle Steve has. Just take a buck for a year to remember. Meet the Mets, canning of heroes in November. Bars, let's go Mets! Jay Swizzy, Trev Bot on the beat. Amazing but true, New York Post. We out. Damn, son, where'd you find this? I figure your thoughts. I, I, I'm speechless. Five minutes ago, the only word you had was electric. Now I got vociferous. Vociferous. <laughs> Magnificent, tenacious significance. As I just said, I'm speechless. I, I, I got to give you your props. So far to date, that's your best rap. It was complete. There was no one left off the team. Um, I, I didn't name the, everyone. What was the cargo about the... So I said, Guillaume shaved his beard, no more cargo, as in like, there's nothing left. Like cargo's like, you have a package with you. And then I said, we fly high, cargo flying with cargo. Got it. We fly got high it. to first, Jim Jones, Jim Jones wrote, yes. we fly high. high. And then Brandon Nemo, and then I got the Karnan, McKernan, Karnan. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. not going to get that. T. Will is Trevor Williams, J. Rod, Joelle Rodriguez, D. Smith, Drew Smith, C. Shreve, Chase and Shreve. So I even... 
gave love to the middle yep, relief. Yep. Middle relief guys, they never get love. Now Black Jersey Friday Noir Pinot is the type of wine, and then from New York City sipping wine, Adavino. Adam Adavino is from New York City, so that's that reference. Mm. And Elise Lead Spacious, you know, it's our time. Hugh Blow is a watch time. Very Lugo good. Walker. There's lions, squirrels, and polar bears. McNeil the squirrel, Alonzo the polar bear. Home runs. Some people also call Yabos. He just hit one at Cabo, so Yabo is a home run. As I said, is your best to date, and if you continue to make progress, who knows? Cheers maybe, to that. Maybe an independent record deal. Now we're going to go find Fab and, uh, <laughs> and Jada and deliver this to them. We out. Mike Puma's coming up next. I bobbled it a few times, but it caught it. It took Shocker. it as a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been an embarrassment. All right. Joining us once again on Amazing But True is our good friend, New York Post Mets beat writer, Mike Puma. Follow Puma on Twitter at NYPost underscore Mets. Read his stories in the post. And, of course, at Post Sports Plus. Is it a different world? You're back in the clubhouse. Life is good. Life is grand and back to normal again. You got any inside scoops inside the clubhouse for us? Uh, it's just, I mean, it's good to be back in there and just mingling with players again and reestablish relationships. And no, nobody liked the, the, the Zoom calls. I think most of the players didn't like the Zoom calls last year either. It's kind of a, a win-win for everybody here. Being in the clubhouse again, I'm curious, do you notice like a tight-knit unit? It feels that way. It feels like there's a different feel to this team. Do you see that behind the scenes? And guys, you know, obviously we heard the Lindor quote where he would get McNeil a car if he won the batting title, but then say what kind of car could get him an old beat up Honda Civic for all we know. But do you notice kind of a more tight knit unit this year? It really does feel like uh, these guys are, are for the most part one unit here. I, you know, now I have to go back to 2019 to the last time I was in the clubhouse. I'm trying to, and I thought that was a pretty tight knit group too, because that was the year Alonzo came up and uh, JD Davis came on the scene and, and you know Dominic Smith kind of had a break out of season so I thought that was a tight-knit group but I, I think this you know you kind of see the chemistry here and I, I think you know Francisco Lindor is certainly one of the guys that kind of keeps it all together in there he you know guys seem to gravitate toward him he's always at his locker he's, and he's always available to talk to reporters uh, that, that's kind of one thing that struck me here is you know just how out front he is and anytime you need to talk to him you know he'll talk to you yeah I mean you know we're a month into the season, but it, this seems like a group that likes each other. Uh, they're having fun together, and you know, when you're 20 and 10, that certainly certainly helps. One thing about Lindor that I think people all they talk about is the money, right? And last year he struggled mightily, but he was always available. He was always accountable for what he was doing, and nobody was more frustrated than he was. So now, when you see this success and what he's supposed to be, and and that kind of player he's supposed to be, and all the other intangibles, it's not just with the bat, it's with the glove, it's with the you know. The camaraderie. He's the guy in the top step at all times rooting these guys on, even in the comeback. Yeah, he hit the home run to start the rally, but that's not, you know, oh, I did my job and went into the clubhouse. We're going to lose. He was right there front and center rooting on the other guys and enjoying the moment as well. I think that's a huge factor that people don't give him enough credit for. Yeah, and, and the, the fact he's producing this year makes it all the more credible for him. You know, you could have that type of presence. Robbie Cano was that type of presence, but, you know, when you're hitting 150 or whatever and coming back from a PED suspension and uh, guys wonder if you still can play, well, you know, that, that clubhouse presence doesn't carry as much weight as if you're the guy who's out there uh, doing it every day. And, and Francisco Lindor now, you know, he's, he got off to the fast start and then he's kind of cooled off a little bit. And But, you know, he hit the big home run as, as part of the comeback the other night. And, you know, he's in a solid spot right now. And he's, he's in the middle of a lot of their rallies. So, uh, but it, it, it's been 
been fun to kind of watch, uh, you know, to see what that dynamic is with uh, Lindor and the other players. And you're right, he's the top step of the dugout guy. He's, he's a team guy all the way. Speaking of Cano, he's officially released Puma over the weekend. So any team now, I believe, could pick him up for the minimum 700000 Mets will pay off the rest. Have you felt any difference? Now, everyone talked about he was a big, as we keep talking about, clubhouse locker room guy. Do you see a difference? And I imagine you agree with the move, and it's kind of the changing of the guard now with ownership that the money didn't matter at all. Yeah. Now, I, I haven't seen the difference, but I wasn't one of the guys mingling with Cano on a daily basis. So, you know, I don't see what the difference is, but there's some guys that might tell you otherwise. As far as the move, it, it was obvious to me because, especially when you're coming down to the whether you send Dominic Smith back to Triple A or, or release Cano, as much as Dom Smith isn't hitting right now, you, you want to stick with him here because I think you, you, you're going to just lose this guy totally uh, mentally if you send him back to Syracuse. And I think you try and work it out with him here and, and, and get him going. I, I think ideally you would have liked to see Cano for another month if you could, but I, uh, the roster squeeze made it impossible. And I, I think they made the right call. Yeah, it's kind of just scary to think about the roster squeeze because I remember when I came up and the roster squeeze DFA'd Darren O'Day and everybody brings that up every year when that date passes. Over you? Yeah, well oh, it, What a mistake. Yeah, yeah. exactly but the, even better. <laughs> At least was, you know it was Even better was it was for a day they brought me up and sent me out the same day oh, no matter what no. I did. I could have thrown a no hitter I was still leaving that day. Like it was already done the paperwork was ready. I got in the office after the game. And then he and, never pitched for the Mets again. No, he Darren was gone. O'Day. He got picked oh. up he got picked up off waivers and that was it and the, the rest is history. He's you know one of the best better closers especially for a submariner you know, in the last 10 years. So that used to be a, a move where it's like, okay, he's not making much money, no big deal. But to swallow $37 million, $37 million, it just, you know, speaks volumes about how this new regime is doing anything it can to make this team a winner. And if it's addition by subtraction, that even matters because Cohen has said nothing about the money and if that was a factor. That's a good trivia question. Puma, did you know that uh, about Figgy, that he was DFA'd for Darren? I did not know that. There that's right. Stump the Puma. There you go. <laughs> that's uh, that's a good one. I like that. Puma. Follow him on Twitter. NY Post underscore Mets. Puma. The Mets are twenty and ten, and just like it says behind me, no quit in New York. We never think we're down and out. Thursday. I mean, I imagine you were. You had your story written. I mean, for a writer, that's hell. What happens for a fan? That's heaven. Uh, you had your story. Mets are blowing out in Philly. Pitching sucked. The bats weren't there. Delete, 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 <laughs> rewrite, rewrite. If something like that's going to happen, the good thing about it is on the road. So I still have a half inning there to kind of get some thoughts together. And So then you're like, Diaz, please don't blow this. It, it, well, exactly. <laughs> Once it gets to that point. But yeah, when it happens at home, that's when it's the problem because, you know, you don't have really time to rewrite and then, you know, get down to the clubhouse and, and talk to people. And uh, because, you know, we're right on uh, right on addition uh, when the game ends, basically. They want something up on the web as soon as the game ends. So you, you're, you're really scrambling when something like that happens, you know, if, if it happened at home for the Mets. But at least you got the half inning built in when it happens on the road. But I feel like that game like really signifies this team. I mean, it's another chapter in what's been like a season, been a month, it feels like a whole season. That was something special. I mean, that's one of the most improbable comebacks in the history of this franchise. Yeah, you know, and I wrote a column about this uh, the other day in one of the rainout days. In the you know, in the first month 
of this season, it's, it just seems we've had more dramatic, memorable moments than maybe in the last, you know, five or six seasons combined. You know, we had the two comeback games, the one in St. Louis when they're, they're down to their final out, obviously the one the other night, and then you have the, the combined no-hitter squeezed in between. It's just been a magical kind of four weeks here. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to rack my brain to think of, you know, four or five more memorable games they've had since, like, the 2015 season, and it's hard to do. Do you like writing about this and these kind of stories more or the dildo in the locker room boom this put a guy, dollar in the jar I gotta go. mention that. every show <laughs> I prefer these kind of stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> he hopefully will never have to type batting out of order or dildo in locker ever again Mike Puma NY Post underscore Mets on Twitter Puma six game lead 20 and 10 life is good you're in the clubhouse enjoy your trip to DC and uh, we'll talk to you next time thanks for coming on the show All right, guys thanks for having me Market. There'll be fireworks going off on <laughs> Memorial Day. All right, Figgy, that'll say adios to episode 103 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake, and to Andrew Hartz for producing the show. So, quick funny story. I don't have the voicemail to play, and my parents said to me, we were going to leave you a voicemail, but we know you were going to play it on the podcast. <laughs> so maybe they heard the last Nothing's one. sacred. But was very voicemail worthy. They called me yesterday or Saturday and said, Jake, what's that chicken place you like or something? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, so they're like, Popeyes. We went to Popeyes. We're, we go to the drive-thru. We get chicken. My dad's like, I ask her for a fork and knife. I'm like, can I have a fork and a knife? She's like, what you need a fork and a knife for? They're like, to eat my chicken. They're like, you can eat that with your hands. So she, at first she was refusing. To, the, the way they told it, it was just, it was Listen, uh, galvanizing. I, first it was, of all. It was first vo- of all, volcanic. Uh, what the volcanic hell are they needing a fork and knife for? I agree. I'm like, well, she has a point, guys. You don't need, you know, they're older. They want to, like, pick it. I guess it was a breast, maybe. Picking at the I, breast. I, I don't confused. And they, they, chicken fingers, yes, I agree. But even that, they might cut. I was like, she's kind of at a point, but it, she was refusing to give it to them. At First first. of all, it sounded like she was cur- he was cursing at her. Fork and a knife. Fork and a knife. <laughs> I, if I'm the lady working the drive, she I'm said, like, fuck you. Yeah. Hey, you know what, pal? Don't talk to me that way. Yeah, I was like, well, she has a point. They're like, well, we'll never go on back. I said to them, they we're, were never like, going they, back. they were like, the chicken wasn't very good. I'm like, it's Popeyes, You're not Del me. Frisco's. No. I mean, what do you think you were getting? It was a fast food stat. And I, I'm a, I don't know about you guys. I like KFC more than Popeyes. No shot. I like Chick-fil-A no more than Parts sh- no has uh, opinionated on No this. shot. Jolly B has the breast. <laughs> the breast? The breast. Bent. Well, Hart <laughs> comes in and he's got breast on his mind. Salivating. He's at the breast. Salivating. Just thinking wow. about chicken breast. About chicken breast. The man is a, a Jolly B? What is this? Jolly Olive? Who's Jolly jo- B is a Filipino fast food joint. It has the best fried chicken. Where do they down. have this? There's Never. one in Times Square, and then there's one in Woodside, have Queens. Have you heard of this? Uh, no. The mm. best hidden secret. Times Square. I'm walking through now. So. Yeah. Get yourself some hot <laughs> chicken. You stop and high-five Elmo on the way to uh, get your Jolly B. <laughs> be no, Jolly. I don't want to pay. Those I don't want to pay Elmo. Those guys you high-five are, him, you have to pay him. Yeah, those guys are not Jolly in oh, there. You'll see God. like a, a naked like cowboy in it with a guitar. Anyways, for Mama Brown, Papa Brown, Mama and Papa Figueroa, that's Nelson Figueroa, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back next Monday, of course, and we'll hopefully be at City Field. Enjoy the games in D.C. Enjoy the series against Kalenic and the Mariners over the weekend. Hopefully we'll have a uh, Polar Pete Alonzo bobblehead as our next prop in studio next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Amazing But True. And as always, Figgy, let's let's go Mets. In Houston that time. Very nice.
that's my mindset when I go into a chicken parm hero. I, you know, I, I don't care who you are. I'm coming after you. 